uh, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to just read from verse 1 again through to verse 12. And, and then we'll go over. But just keep your Bibles just um, at the ready tonight. And uh, we're going to go through some scriptures together. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. Then we're going over just into Psalm uh, chapter 37 after that. Uh, and then we'll just move into Galatians 5. Amen. So Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read from verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Just read again verse 5 here. It says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's just pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask for your blessing upon your word tonight. Lord, as, as already has been prayed, give us ears and hearts. Lord, to receive your word. Lord, that you would take it and do a work in each of our lives tonight, that we would be more like you. Lord, that is our chief desire, is to be like you, Lord. So, Lord, would you help us each one tonight and open your word to us. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The Lord was quoting from Psalm chapter 37. If you turn back over, uh, and this verse is found throughout this chapter, just in a number of areas in different forms. But this is a, a great chapter, if you have more time. This is the chapter of the blessings to the righteous. That's those who have been born of the Spirit of God, and the righteousness of Christ has been imputed upon them. And we read this chapter. This is a chapter of the blessings of the Lord that are upon us. God's great blessings upon the righteous. And, and as you pick up in this chapter, you'll see uh, just the promises that there, it's just filled with promises for the, for the righteous of God. So note this chapter and read it over these next few days because it's filled with God's blessing, God's promises for his people. But for example, verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Those great promises that God has given us in his word. But you'll find variations of this uh, verse, Matthew 5 and 5, in uh, this particular chapter. And in verse 9, if I just draw your attention to it, it says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. 
And that's that promise that the Lord was bringing out for those that are meek. You find it again in verse 11. If you just note it there, but the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Then in verse 22 on down the chapter, it says, For such as be blessed of him, they shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. And we know the Lord was bringing forth uh, this wonderful teaching here in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the meek. I just want to say before uh, we start just tonight, but in looking at this wonderful attribute, this fruit of the Spirit, just on a personal basis, I have found this to be one of the most attractive attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ, just on a personal basis. There is something about this particular attribute and this fruit that just personally I find so attractive in the Lord that causes me to want to be like him. I know I fall short when it comes to this attribute. I want to be like him. And it's probably one of the most precious. They are all precious, if you understand what I'm saying. But this, this particular fruit, this particular attribute of the Lord makes the Lord to me, and I believe for us all, makes him so attractive. It makes him so attractive. There's something within this. There's something within the beauty of this, of this particular attribute that in our hearts, in my heart certainly, I say, Lord, I want to be like you. I want, because in the natural, the natural man does not possess this. This is a fruit of the Spirit. And so it's a work of the Holy Ghost as we, in partnership, work with him for him to do a work in our lives, for the fruit of the Spirit to be evident within us. Modern understanding of the word meekness or meek, if, if you ask in modern days, largely it has evolved into a word that would be associated with something that is weak. But I want to tell you something, friends. It's far from weakness. It's so far from weakness. In modern understanding, the word meek or being meek is seen as something that is inferior or something that is weak. But going back over the last, particularly beyond this modern realm that we were in over the last hundred years and before, this was uh, understood to be a great attribute to be greatly admired, especially in, in godly terms, as we understand it to be one of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want to read that from Galatians chapter 5, if I could, if you're there. We're going to pick up the reading from verse 16 and work our way through just to put the, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit in the context. And we again see the necessity of a, a life in the Spirit. And Paul says in verse 16, this I say, Galatians 5 and 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh, these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So this is uh, a warfare that every believer will face between the natural man and the spiritual man. Verse 18 says, but if you're led of the spirit, you're not under law. There's a liberty. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, 
adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... And this is what we are looking at tonight, and this is our desire. I believe when God saves us, he puts this desire within us. This is the desire of a Christian. The fruit of the Spirit. When we are about to read these nine fruits of the Spirit, this is Jesus. This is, this is what this, this is Jesus. And so it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. We live in the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. The word meekness, if you just look at it in a, in a dictionary, will uh, bring up this definition. It is to be gentle, it is to be quiet-spirited, it is to be submissive. Uh, the Bible dictionary gives this, but there's two Bible dictionaries I want to quote, but this is their definition of meekness. If you just think about it for a moment, it says, where the great principles of Christianity have disciplined the soul, where the holy grace of meekness reigns, it subdues the impetuous disposition and causes it trusting in God both to submit and to forgive. It teaches us to govern our own anger whenever we are at any time provoked and patiently to bear the anger of others that it may not be a provocation to us. Nelson's Bible Dictionary says of this of meekness, although weakness and meekness may look similar, they are not the same. Weakness is due to negative circumstances such as a lack of strength or lack of courage, but meekness is due to a person's conscious choice. And here's, here is, I believe, this really picks out the understanding of meekness. It is strength and courage under control coupled with kindness. It is strength and courage under control, coupled with kindness. The Amplified Version says, Blessed are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled, for they shall inherit the earth. I would say, just as an introduction, I would hope that I would join together with you and saying, Lord, help us. Help us. We want to be like you, Lord. And this is not something that we can naturally do, but God give us much grace. Enable us to put this old man, the flesh, to the cross, but allow the fruit of the Spirit to be manifested in our lives that men would see Jesus. I want to look at a few verses tonight that speak of meek or being meek. And we'll start in Psalm. And uh, this, 
this attribute or this wonderful fruit of the Spirit, you'll, as we work through this study tonight, you'll find that it actually, it actually will work through so much of our lives. It is involved in so much of our daily walk, our daily activity, our conversations, our interaction with people. It, it spreads. And, and if, if God gives us the ability and the grace and that fruit manifests itself in a greater measure in all of our lives and as a body, it will have a profound effect on us as a fellowship and a profound effect on us individually. But Psalm chapter 22, we want to look at those that are meek, the promises and what the Bible says concerning the meek. Uh, Psalm 22 and verse 6, or verse 26, Psalm 22, 26, it says that the meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forevermore. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Psalm chapter 25 and verse 9, just follow this through. Those that are meek. Psalm 25 and 9, the meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his way. Psalm 147 and verse 5 and 6. Psalm 147 verses 5 and 6 says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Verse 6 says, The Lord lifteth up the meek, and he casteth the wicked down to the ground. Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people, and he will beautify the meek with salvation. Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 18. This is the last one I'll, we'll look at for the moment. Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 18. It says, And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. I want to summarize those five readings tonight. And, and when we're looking at this particular attribute, the meek, those that are meek, then let me summarize all of this tonight and say this. The meek will eat and the meek will be satisfied. In other words, the meek will be content. The meek he will guide and he will teach them his way. They'll be led of the Lord. The meek will possess their possessors of the earth. They're men and women and young people that know what it is and how it is to possess. The meek delight themselves in the abundance of peace. They know the peace of God. They know the lifting hand of God in all their circumstances. They know the, the beautifying work of the Lord with salvation. And they know that their joy will be increased. And that will be their strength. I'll just ask you tonight, how many people are attracted to this wonderful attribute? Meekness. It's so Jesus. The vast influence of this wonderful grace 
and this wonderful attribute upon our lives and the necessity for it even in the days in which we're living, the pressures and the quickness and the rush of life more than ever before we need the working of the Holy Spirit to produce this wonderful fruit, all of the fruit of the Spirit, but this wonderful attribute of meekness. Now in the Bible, I want to just talk about how important it is for so much of our activity in our everyday life, because this is a practical aspect of when the work of that, the Holy Spirit brings forth the fruit of, great, uh, of, of uh, meekness in our lives, then we'll see the effect that it has upon everything. When Paul was speaking to uh, the church at Corinth, if you turn over, we, we know it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, but we know that the church in Corinth, there was a lot of difficulties, there was a lot of problems, uh, there was uh, schisms, there was all types of things going on, there was people divided over who they're with, who they're for, who they're behind, Paul, Apollos, there was sin in the church, there was excessiveness when it came to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there was carnality, and Paul had all these issues that he was dealing with in the church, and he he talks to them then when it came to this in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. He said, now we know this verse particularly well, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but the kingdom of God's in power. And then he, he said to them, what will ye? Shall I come to you with a rod? What Will I come with you in force? Or then he says this, is, and this is how Paul was demonstrating this particular attribute of meekness. Or will I come to you in love? And then he says, in the spirit of meekness. In Galatians 6, Paul again referenced this spirit of meekness. And I want to just follow that just for a second with Paul and his writings. But in Galatians 6, in chapter 1, Paul then is addressing to an area within the church where someone was overtaken in a fault, or someone had fallen, someone had fallen into sin, someone had come short. And Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, then ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. How are we to do that? in the spirit of meekness, in this attribute, this wonderful fruit of the Spirit, this conduct, this evidence in our lives, in dealing with each other, restore such a one in the spirit of weakness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens, and so we fulfill the law of Christ. So we're starting to move along the thought and the practice in the early church concerning those that were in disobedience to God's word, the church at Corinth, uh, those that had fallen and were in need of restoration, everything was done with the spirit of meekness. That, I believe that is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy verse 2 and verse 24, 2 Timothy 2 and 24, again, Paul exhorts us concerning the servant of the Lord. It says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance 
to the acknowledging of the truth. So we're seeing that the spirit of meekness and this wonderful attribute, this fruit of the spirit, was evident in the conduct of the early church relating to matters which were very difficult. And I believe that we need in this day to pray much for God to help us to possess the spirit of meekness in our interaction with the body of Christ. In our daily walk, Paul exhorts us in Ephesians chapter 4, if you turn uh, to these verses, just follow it through because this affects every aspect of our lives, church life, and our daily walk. Ephesians 4 and verse 1, Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And this is how you're to walk. This is how we're to live every day, every single day of our lives, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Every day, we're to live, we're to walk, with all lowliness and meekness. Remember, meekness is not being weak. Remember that it's not inferior. It is to be like Jesus. In our speech, Paul writing, uh, uh, sorry, in Titus chapter 3, in our speech, Titus 3 and verse 1, this is our conduct then with the world. So whether in the workplace, in the shopping centers, out driving in our cars, meeting people in the streets, then again, this attribute, this wonderful fruit should be evident in our lives. Titus 3 and verse 1, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready, be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. It's powerful instruction, isn't it? Showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, weren't we? Disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. It's good to be saved, isn't it? That's what we once were. So now, to speak to all men, the Bible here instructs us, we're to show all meekness unto all men. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, Peter says, Sanctify, 1 Peter 3 and 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you. Now, how are you to give that answer? He says, with meekness and fear. We're always to be ready to give an answer of the hope that is in us. That hope is Jesus Christ. But there's a way we have to do it. And that's with meekness 
and not to his fear. It is important tonight as we are working through the scriptures to understand that this fruit not only should be evident in our conversation with each other concerning the local assembly, concerning the body of Christ, concerning our daily walk, concerning our conversation with everyone around us. But this is important because if you've missed everything or you've ignored everything, it could be because we have the lack of this fruit being evident in our life because it's essential to have this fruit in order that we can hear. In James chapter 1 and verse 19, again, the instruction comes, James 1 and 19, it's how we receive, it enables us to receive the word of God. In other words, it enables us to receive instruction from God's word. It enables us to receive teaching. It enables us to receive what God has sent to us. And James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Lord, I get them the wrong way round sometimes. Do you? Swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity, naughtiness, and receive with meekness. Now this is really important. Receive with meekness. I love this here. Next phrase, the engrafted word. What does that mean? The ability to have the fruit, to have this particular fruit of meekness enables us to receive the engrafted word. What does it mean to be engrafted? It's a life extension. In other words, it's the word of God being extended into our lives and bringing forth the life and the fruit of the Spirit of God. How essential it is that we receive the word of God with meekness. Because that is how we're going to grow. And that is how we're going to produce life. That we are pliable to the instruction of the word of God. That our hearts are tender towards the voice of the Savior. That we're willing and open, ready to receive. But not only to receive, but we're willing to apply the word of God and the instruction of God's word into our lives. And the grace of God enables us to live that life in the, in, in the example that the Lord has shown us that we would walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Receive with meekness the engrafted Word. When we receive the Word of God, it's like a word, it's like a tree being engrafted in. It's like that life being extended into our being and we become strong and we grow as Christians because we're receiving and we're applying and we're walking in the Word of God, and it's the truth then that makes us free, but it causes us to grow. And what happens? We become more like Jesus. Who wants to be like Jesus? He, he's attractive. We want to be like Him. There's something about Him that we know we are being conformed into His image 
but we want to be like him. The more we read of him, the more we see of him, the more we realize we are not him, but we are being perfected and being made like him. But we're willing. Are we willing, friends, to receive the word of God? To receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. We just don't want to keep hearing and actually not plan anything of what we're hearing. We want to be doers of the word, not in the sense of law, but in the sense of liberty. Because when we come to these things, there is no law. It's a liberty to live like Christ and to live after him. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3 and 1 concerning... And again, this is just the, the word of God is so... Wonderful how it's translated into the English language here, but speaking even of our homes, of our wives, of husbands, and the interaction of our families, we see again this, this attribute of meekness. 1 Peter 3 verse 1 says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of uh, plaited the hair and the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. But this is really what makes us, uh, makes a woman of God attractive. This is, this is her beauty. This is what the Bible says. This is her beauty. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. And then it says these words, and I, I believe this is one of the most beautiful expressions in Scripture. Even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. Now listen to what the Bible says that is, which is in the sight of God. It's great price. Isn't that awesome? A meek, no, friends, this isn't common with a large stick to try and beat us into some type of submission. Reading these verses and going over this word, for me, what it caused me to do is to be drawn, to be attracted to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't cause me to say, I want to run from this. It causes me to say, Lord, I want to be like you. And Lord, enable me, give me the grace to be like you. Enable me by your spirit. Give me the willingness. You know, even if we're saying, and we're looking at some of these verses, not just the one that we're looking at at the minute, but through it all, and we're saying, oh God, that's not me. Listen, this is good news. This is what Jesus wants us to be. And this is what Jesus enables us to be as we simply give ourselves to him. But the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit in the sight of God is great price. It's great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God, this was what they adorned themselves with. This was what they were beautified with. 
It was a meek and a quiet spirit. In the sight of God, it was a great price. They trusted in God. They adorned themselves, being in subjection under their own husbands. Look, we all know we're living in a completely different day. But the Bible and God's way and God's pattern and God's blessing is what we desire. There are three men in the Bible that I can find that directly, uh, they, they spoke of them being men that were meek. One was Paul the Apostle, as found in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. We were referencing it tonight that he would come to them in the spirit of meekness. But the two other men that are mentioned in the Bible that were meek uh, were both mediators. It was Moses in the Old Testament, and of course, it's the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And I want again just to look at some of these verses concerning, uh, first of all, Moses, just the reference. Uh, just picking up on that reference, it's in Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. And what you find is, rather than just read this one verse, which is verse 3, but I want to read the three verses, but when you put it in the context, you then see, really, what's the Lord saying here? Because he tells us it's in the context of a time when there was Miriam and Aaron that were speaking against Moses. So how was he going to react in that? And it's all about our reaction, how we act, how we live out our lives. But in Numbers chapter 12, it says, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman which he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only to Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now verse 3 simply says this, now we're going to get to the substance of a man and the spirit of meekness. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. It's a powerful scripture, isn't it? Because what you might think would read that Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses and Moses, because he was the leader, had the right to put them right. But the next verse says that Moses, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. We're going to follow this just for a second. Move in just the, the Lord Jesus Christ himself as our example because meekness is one of the great attributes a man or a woman can possess. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Often quoted, great gospel verse, great gospel text, but a wonderful revelation of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ also. It's found here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he said, Now take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How many people want to learn of him? We really want to learn of him, don't we? For I, he says, I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden 
is light. Remember, how do we receive the word, the engrafted word? We receive it with meekness. What gives us the lightness in coming to Christ to take his burden upon us is hearts. And we sang that hymn tonight, and what a hymn it is, that are simply surrendered to Jesus. We simply have given him our all. That's what makes the burden light, because we walk in his way, and we read all the great blessings of the meek. They're satisfied. They're lifted up. They delight in the abundance. He beautifies them with salvation. He increases their joy. He guides them. He teaches them. He leads them in his way. Why? Because they have received the word with the spirit of meekness. In Matthew chapter 21, again, the Lord said these words, Go into the village, Matthew 21 and 2. Go into the village over it against you. Straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king cometh unto thee. Then it says, Meek, sitting upon an ass, and the colt, the foal of an ass. Meekness, meek, the spirit of meekness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, enabled by the grace of God, produced by the Holy Spirit in our life, a characteristic and an attribute of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was nobody like Jesus. Would you agree? No one like the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, he was far from weak. We sing a song sometimes when we come around the Lord's table particularly. It says, he could have called 10,000 angels. The almighty God in the flesh. Do you know that song's true? At any moment, Jesus could have called the host of heaven to his rescue. But he was meek. He could have, but he endured the cross, knowing the joy that was set before him, the salvation of our souls. But he made a choice. Remember, at the beginning, one of the definitions were strength and courage under control coupled with kindness. Christ chose the cross. At any point, he had the power to call down the legions of glory and deliver him from the hands of wicked men. But he chose the strength to submit himself to the will of the Father. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God, Thy spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness shall bring my soul out of trouble. The meek, the meek inherit or possess the land. To be like Jesus is to have the spirit of meekness. What a rare 
What a rare attribute in the day we're living in. What a rare quality. But brothers and sisters, I believe tonight that this wonderful attribute, this fruit of the Spirit, is essential to live a life of victory and a life of overcoming by the power of the Holy Spirit and to be like Jesus Christ. Lord, help us tonight. Help us with the spirit of meekness to receive the engrafted word and bring forth life. That's life, not death. Bring forth life to the glory of Jesus Christ. Do you know in the end, the Bible says, herein is our Father glorified that we bear much fruit. We want to be fruit bearers for Jesus. We want him to be glorified. Lord, help us all tonight. Help us all. Maybe you're in a much better position or feel much closer to the Lord concerning this attribute. But friends, tonight, I believe this is a wonderful attribute that the Lord's will would be for all of our lives. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit, they shall possess the land or the earth. We'll be possessors with this wonderful attribute. Let's pray together tonight.